Hi, 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 and welcome to our podcast, No Hesitations. I'm your host, Jay Joyner, and welcome to our first 2020 podcast. I'll be honest with you, um, during our move and into our new space and just the holidays, I kind of got off track and I don't want to do that. This podcast is really important to me. And um, to prove that, I have probably the most important guest I've ever had joining me in studio today, Charlotte White. She is my mother, she's an entrepreneur, she's an interior designer, and she is one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. And I just wanted to share her story with you and more about her. So sit back and enjoy this next hour with the most fascinating woman in Athens, Charlotte. All right, Miss Charlotte, my mom. So glad you're here. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) So I wanted to start talking about your interior design and kind of, you know, where, how it all started, because you're the reason that I'm an interior designer and how you began in the design world. I know you're my grandmother, my, your mother was a great seamstress, beautiful, kind of an artist in that way that had, had to inspire you some. Well, yes, always. I mean, high school, all my friends, all the older people in my life, always asking me to help with their lake house, their beach house. It just became, I was a go-to, whether it was a paint color or fabric or putting things together. And it was just a natural, it all came, it was natural. Yeah. And it was just, I think it's a gift from God that I can do it and, and love doing it. And you owned a hardware store. I did at one time. Mm-hmm. And you ran the hardware store. You I were did. in your 20s when you ran the I hardware store? I was 20-something. Yeah, 26. Mm-hmm. In Alabama? I, yes. Yeah. And, um, or was that in Florida? It was in Alabama. Okay, in Alabama. And you ran the hardware store, and you started doing drapes out of the hardware store. No, I started, I put in a, de- a decorative center, a decoration okay. center. Okay. With wallpaper, fabrics, some fabrics. And that's how it kind of started with that. And then when I moved to um, Sovat and moved, I there was an ad- advertisement in the paper for a opening for interior designer and in, in our my town in, in Dothan. Yeah. And so I applied mm-hmm. and it was the position was to be assistant to the owner who's had failing health. Mm-hmm. and help her with her clients and and out of 35 applicants I was chosen and it was a, you know a great start for me it was um, a huge business it was a huge business they had their own upholstery their it own had, seamstress it, they had everything and uh, you were the designer I was one of the designers yeah with her and uh, another designer and we hired another one there oh, so like there were four. three. Yes. Oh, four. Yeah. That's why I was there. And, yeah. and you built your clientele pretty quickly. I did. And Louise was my mentor. And I would go with her. She's the one that really, um, being an older lady and very fine, refined and very, just very, very talented. And I would go with her and she taught me the basics of the measuring the able to figure the wallpaper or the drapes or the upholstery and so that was my learning process and then it wasn't long before I started uh, clients asking me why don't you go on your own and it it really made sense because my children Mm -hmm. were young yeah and I could make my own hours I could make my appointments I could um, schedule my time that fit me which I did and it was how That's long where, did you work at Louise? Was it Louise Interiors? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I worked there like three years, I think. Okay. So you got the fundamentals maybe of the two, basic. Maybe two and a half years. Right. Yeah. And you'd already started doing houses before that, really doing drapery treatments and kind oh, of I, I, building yeah, up. Yeah, I was doing all, all types of things. And yeah. So, but, but then when I, you know, I just, once I started my, I probably wasn't with Louise two and a half, probably about almost two years, I guess. And then I started went out on my own, and it you know and that was Le Bleu. Mm-hmm. Le Bleu. <laughs> um, it was so much fun because I would, you know, of course, have my clients, but the big the clients with the with the bigger, larger, newer homes 
we would make a trip to Atlanta and spend four or five days and go at to ADAC market. and go to market and we put the house together at ADAC, which was not only exciting and fun, but also we would go out at night and have dinner, drinks and dinner and and discuss everything. Everything. Yeah. So how many was, clients at that point when you started from Louise to your own firm, how many clients did you have at a time? Like two or three that you kind of carried their houses or were there, you know, like here I have four or five, maybe six clients that are active and then I have some that are less active. Did you have like a big clientele or was it something that you built up in time? Well, you know, it just all kind of fell in place. I would have some, the, the main thing with interior design, <clears throat> You may do be called in with a, with your client to do your bed do a bedroom, and then then they will call you if you they like what you do they'll call you for the next project. So sometimes I would have I would have several clients with just maybe a family room or or a uh, bedroom or maybe a kitchen, and then I would have other clients would be whole big houses and new houses and new builds. Another things I, another thing I did with my business would I would do construction up. Yeah, I would I had several contractors that that worked with me, and I would with my client I would work with a contractor as their liaison between yeah. them and uh, and getting it in on time and making sure kind of project managing it project managing, and then once the project managing was it was the project was finished, then I did the interiors as well, which really worked out great. Because, and you learned a lot, I'm sure. Oh my gosh, I learned so much and this was during 1970s yes and then 70 yeah 70s and what was it like then to be you know you're a beautiful woman you're always put together you're always dressed I'm sure you wore heels and dresses thank that's very kind yes <laughs> we are always dressed I, I wore heels every day and um, did you experience any sexism absolutely not I don't think I did I don't remember I did I mean uh I mean, you're pretty in charge of a site, well, you know. And, and I'm, I'm think I'm, I think one of my best qualities. I'm very positive. Yeah. I have the positive attitude, and and people I may have not known what I was doing at, at times, but they always thought I did, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good quality, quality to have. So you mm -hmm. never had a contractor who was rude to you because you're a woman. No, no they all they knew me. They, they respected yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. Yeah. And um, what was it like in the 70s? I mean, what kind of design style were you doing? And Well, the, the whole thing, I guess my eyes woke up. It's working in a, in a small town. Um, for instance, I had this client where they were building this beautiful Tudor-style house, a very, very expensive, I think mean, 5,000, 6,000 square feet. And we would meet, we would make a plan and her appointment the next week, she'd come in and she's changed it because she'd gone to her neighbors and they had something that to she discuss. wanted. And that she wanted. <laughs> that happens to me all and the time. It, it finally, I finally set her down. I said, you don't want your house to be like, this, like your neighbors. Yeah. I said, you've got to have your own individual ality in this house. It's yeah. got to speak of you. Yeah. not of your neighbor yeah and that was during the time of everybody ones that's listening to this <clears throat> shag rugs yes <laughs> not shag carpet tell me about your sunroom that you had in the house in dothan that had shag carpeting didn't you have it wasn't it teal or green in the sunroom and you had painted the lattice in your kitchen all that color no 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 that was in my sunroom i had the Brick tile. Oh, brick tile. Yeah, okay. and I did the wall, the exterior wall. So I'd add, added on this big, huge sunroom, breakfast room, and I had covered the wall in lattice. Oh, right. And I painted the brick wall a blue because I love blue. Yep. And a white overlay in in, in the lattice. Nice. But yes. Yeah, but you had shag carpeting <clears throat> in the house in Dothan, didn't you? I thought you told me you had like a peacock shag or. No, am I no, making no, that no, up? No, 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 no. Uh -uh. You never had shag carpeting. No, never. Okay, I guess I've driven that up. No, you uh, But you put in a lot of shag carpeting, I bet. I did, but I tried to. You know, shag carpet carpeting, vacuum cleaner wouldn't even clean it. <laughs> no, it's awful. It is awful. Have uh, you ever um, been with a client, or were you ever at that point in your life? So you're in your at this point in the 70s. You're in your 30s. 
you're kind of hitting. No, I, I was in, still in my 20s. 20s. Okay, you're hitting your stride mm-hmm. of interior design. So you've, you've trained under a mentor. You've kind of gotten your, your bearings. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have your own business now. Mm-hmm. You had um, children mm-hmm. on your own. Did you ever meet with a client where you had to turn them down or had to walk away from them, whether for their design aesthetic or you just didn't want to deal with You thought it wasn't a good match to the personality? Because I've had to do that a couple of times the past few years where we've had clients that want to come in and I feel like their aesthetic is just not something I can work with or I feel like their personalities we don't mix. Did you ever have to deal with anything like that? I did. I had. Uh, I, I can remember one. And it was, <clears throat> I just knew I could not deal with this lady. Um, so I, I, I could not, I, I, I just had to back away. Was she away. overbearing? Yeah. Or? Well, it was more than that. She, um, you know, it's what happens is when you have a client and you, you, they trust you and you, you know, you become um, friends, but you, you, everybody has his boundaries. And this one client was just absolutely overbearing with her with her life mm-hmm. and what was going on, and I just didn't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the matter of integrity. I just stopped. I just I can't do this. And then was that a hard decision to make? Is no, your, it was easy because you just said Mm-mm. I'm not doing this, Mm-mm. even though Mm-mm. you probably needed the money and the job. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did. It's a hard, that's a hard lesson for me, too, mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. when you get the red flags to listen to them. Absolutely, because you know there's so many times. There's been things, I mean, on different situ- other situations, you get the red flag and, you you know, you keep on plowing through. But, you know, just trying to make that decision. And like you said, even though you needed the money, you also knew that it was going to take a toll on you. Emotionally. And, and yeah, and yeah. the time. The it's, time, uh, yeah. Some clients... And I love all our clients, but some clients, you know, really end up being, they will suck your time away. Exactly. And, you know, you'll go to, you'll think you're going out to lunch with them to talk about, you know, for five or 10 minutes about something and it ends up being three hours and then a meeting goes long and, you know, you can't plan for all the time you've spent. At that point, did you bill hourly for your clients? There were some clients I did. It's always about a client's needs. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, if you're doing a bedroom, you can just kind of, you can just, did you do a flat fee? I would do a flat fee. Yeah. And plus I would do a, a commission off of the fabric. Yeah. And, you know, labor stays same. Right. Labor's labor. Right. There's no way to make money on labor. Right. So, um, and then on a house, I mean, I would do, I would kind of guesstimate the hours. And then I would, I would have a draw mm-hmm. uh, from that account each week or each month right that to keep things to keep things going so yeah yeah did you um when you were on your own at this point and you're in Dothan and you're doing houses how many houses do you think in Dothan and in the surrounding areas because it wasn't just Dothan I mean it, you no, did many. I did a lot of condominiums and houses in Panama City at the beach she yeah. it was an hour and 15 30 minutes away yeah to the beach and I, you know, I spent a lot of time in, uh, you know, Tallahassee, um, Montgomery, Montgomery, yeah. Birmingham, all the surrounding areas. So, um, and you would just drive, I would just drive, drive just yeah. drive and go yeah. and meet people. Yeah. And, yeah. and I had, was this all word of mouth? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very impressive. It's so impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so after you um, had your business in Dothan and you met Walter, mm-hmm. you met him by doing his house? By the design and taking also by taking his um, townhome ground up, which and I was doing, yeah, the with the contractor out, uh-huh. and, and helped, you know, when I oversaw all of that. And then, of course, I did the interiors. And he wanted a bachelor pad. He wanted definitely a bachelor pad. Because he thought pie. he was cool. He, uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> and a stand-up bar. Yep. With a brass footwell. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know. A sunken and, living room. A sunken living room. And, you know, it turned out um, I did the stand-up bar with a arm pad and leather and brass rail for a foot. And I even added a spit to him. <laughs> Didn't you have so, uh, saddle seats, too? No, I didn't have that. No, oh, I, I thought you had that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you had a built-in uh, couch or something like no, that? 
when I met Walter, he had no furniture. Yeah. And so I designed the space with the built-in sofa, and then yeah. I, we upholstered it and had, you know, the upholstered and, and pillows, and which was amazing. And, and he wanted to date. He he pursued me. And you said, I don't date my clients. I don't date my clients. Yep, and I'm kind of done. I'm kind of done in light with this. But he kept pursuing. He did. And um, so, you know, he... It was it was definitely kept pursuing. And then y'all got married and decided to live in that house. And this is my favorite story. You said, "Well, I can't live in a bachelor pad. We got to redo everything." And his comment was, "Well, I, you just finished this." <laughs> I said, "But was it my taste? So, <laughs> it was yours." Because we were, you know, looking to build a house <clears throat> or buy a house and and trans, you know, transcend the family into a, in a house. But right. Life changed and. Um, the business he was owner of, he we sold, and we moved to California with with Coca Cola. And did that? And I don't remember this much, but did you also continue working in California? I did. I had. Um, it was more a, a less less working. Oh though. yes, yeah. I did. But I had a couple of count, uh, 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 clients: uh, Orange Beach, mm-hmm. um, you know, at San Francisco, and of course some personal friends there that you work with yeah. uh-huh. and um is there anything that you look back in your and i know after that you did some corporate offices and you did yes i did all the corporate offices. coca-cola yeah. offices uh-huh. in poland we lived and, there and, and, and austria Vienna, austria Vienna. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. um so you always kept your hand in design always and when you moved back when you moved to athens you've done a bunch of houses you've done the tri-delta sorority house you worked on that years ago when they years. first refreshed the yeah house. when they refreshed the house yeah. mm-hmm. and you've worked with a bunch of people in athens and do you look back at your career which is still ongoing because you're still doing houses you just are working on a house in madison right now um do you have anything that you wish you've done or anything that you think about that you know do you regret not growing your business more or are you just happy that it kind of all played out and stayed how it did and do you have any regrets no i have no regrets not, and that may sound crazy, but I don't. I mean, when I we first moved back from Europe to Athens and thinking about maybe doing some uh, design work, I decided to uh, go into being an antique dealer. And I went to right, Ma- I right. Madison Market for seven and a half years, and I did that. So that was... Uh, and then that kind of just uh, got so it wasn't exciting because, you know... Young people are not wanting antiques. Right. That that bit, antique business it takes a, just a very special client to who would want who wants antiques mm-hmm. now. Everybody wants either Pottery Barn or restoration, restoration hardware. hardware. <laughs> or they want they don't want the antiques. Are you enjoying it now though? Doing the Madison House, which is gorgeous, and working with the clients, just kind of keeping your Put in the door, but not being a full Of course, and I think one of the most exciting things I've always loved is going to market, going to ADAC, and just walking and just looking at the new things that's there, the new fabrics. And, you know, once you you have this passion, you don't lose it. Right. It stays with you. And, um, yeah, I love that. I love seeing you produce. I love seeing you... uh, Design. I love to see what you are come up with, and everything you do is different. I think you have a real love for textures and fabrics and mm-hmm. um, you know materials. I've always uh-huh. known that about you. You love um, mixing things, and you love you know you just love you've always loved different things. None mm-hmm. of our houses were ever the same growing up. Mm-hmm. We were always edgier, mm-hmm. even though I would say your taste is traditional like at the core you're traditional or have been traditional i think you have always had this kind of edge to you i've always i have a european yeah um decor yeah uh, i'll never forget on one of my clients that i was doing a penthouse for her and she was a single lady and of course money was no object and so we spent i guess five days at atlanta adac and we would you know just we'd walk and and, and look and and just such an exciting time. And, and then, of course, at night over dinner, we would, you know, um, go over everything we saw, everything that we um, 
that was on our list. Mm -hmm. And one night she turned to me and she said, I have really noticed these last two days about you. And I said, what could you tell me? And she said, it's amazing to watch you in a showroom. I said, okay. <laughs> she said, uh, the things that you love or really like, you have to put your hands on it. Mm -hmm. You have to touch. It's almost like you're given, getting approval. Mm -hmm. And I had never known that, known that about myself. And I, since then, I realized that's the truth. I mean, um, if I like it, you touch I, it. I touch it. I know. It. You're very tactile. Uh -huh. You're very tactile in your personal life. Yeah. And you're very tactile mm -hmm. in your design business. Mm -hmm. You love to touch something. You love a material. You mm -hmm. love texture. You love weights. Mm -hmm. um, so the number one question I get asked all the time, and, and a lot of people have asked me to do a kind of a how to design, you know, seminar. Um, and I, I haven't done it yet because I don't know where to start with that. But the number one thing I get asked is, in a room, where do you start? How do you start? Where do you start? And it's a hard thing to explain because I always find a starting point, whether that's a piece of furniture I have to work around or that <clears throat> the room is really right now I'm doing a house in Atlanta and it's historic and the ceilings are so low. I mean, they're eight feet ceilings, eight foot ceilings ceiling so i have to the first thing i did is i got to bring some height in here so i'm bringing really tall floor lamps and that was kind of my starting point um sometimes i have to start with like i said what they have and work around it and sometimes there's no starting point sometimes it's a blank canvas a blank room four walls and you have to figure out your point of inspiration how do you start and what was your process in a room and what would you tell our listeners that you know is a good way for them to start with their rooms I think the first thing you have to decide is how you live. Right. What does that room... What's the function? Is the function of this room. Yeah. How do you, how do you live? And that's, that's the main thing. You know, is, it, is the comfort, a nice sofa, you know, good lighting. Yeah. Um, and, you do, yeah, you have to take in consideration things that people have. You, nobody can throw everything out. Right. So there's a lot of time, more than most all the time, you work around something. Things, even that if it's television. Have. Yeah. Even, yeah. Things that people have. I remember in California, one of the houses that we had, we had this really formal. It was a contemporary house. We had this really formal living room where you did all the upholstery in white, and you did pink paint behind the bookcases. It was so pretty, yeah. and. I always thought, you know, why did you do this kind of formal room in white, all this white upholstery with silks and all sorts of stuff? And I realize now, because it was the first room you walked into, it was kind of like a setting the tone, for setting, setting the, the, it was like setting up um, the, the house, the feel of the, the, house. Feel of the house. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really a room we went to often, mm -hmm. but it was more like an entrance to yes. a degree that mm -hmm. you made. And... I mean, no one wanted to go in there because it was white silk. <laughs> but it was a beautiful start to the home, you know. Mm -hmm. And so one of my main things is the same thing. And I'm, I get this from you is I want to know how people live in their houses. Exactly. And I sometimes you have to take a room and create it and make it your entrance. Or you make presence in the room, make a presence in the room to carry the rest of the house. Um, but it's really, I think it's a struggle for people to find their starting point, you know. And the other thing that I really work on is continuity, in the house. I don't like one-off rooms that look like they don't belong with the rest of the room. So a lot of times I'll extend, you know, I'm doing a dining room right now and I'm extending the wallpaper all the way down the hall just to carry it through. So it's not just a one individual room. Is That's that something? Idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you're really into is continuity? Oh and yeah. Flow? Yeah. I think you have to have the flow. Yeah. It's all about the flow and what your eye, you know, what you're, you're the visual. Yeah. Everything to me, I'm a visual person. Yes. And um, you have to be able to to have that visual uh, connection. Connection. Right. Because it, it makes the house, well, it also makes the house feel bigger. Right. So you also love layering. In your house, you have tons of layering. You have a sisal rug with a cowhide on it. You have kiln rugs. You have um, tons and tons of collections. I would say most of your accessories are actually collections, which I love. They're not from TJ Maxx or Home Goods or whatever. They're from you know your travels and the places you've lived and the things you've done. Um, how do you how do you kind of edit yourself in your rooms and how do you pull your rooms together? 
Well, that's an interesting question because I don't even know myself. <laughs> I just put in my room, I mean, what I do, I put in what I love, the things that I love. And no, I don't buy things, accessories. From, just to have them. No, I, once again, it's about that visual and that touching. And if, if I see something, then sometimes it'll stay in my mind for weeks or, I mean, it, it has to be special. Yeah. It doesn't have Unique. to be expensive, right? But it it needs to be special and have its can stand on its own. And what is um, special to you? It's something that you found found along the way in your life, right? That's right. what that's what this is special. That's what Whether makes it special it's to you. Asian uh, ginger jars are where this garden. I had a have a uh, had a pair of garden um, urns that I bought years ago, and I. I, at the time, I couldn't afford them. Uh, I was working with this um, art dealer who was um, in, in Alabama, and he actually was the uh, appraiser for some of the Philadelphia um, estates, mm-hmm. huge estates, and so he was really very knowledgeable. And they were in his store, and I kept, I wanted those urns so bad, and he said, you take them home. I said, I am not gonna do that until I think. <laughs> So finally, I you know finally I did and saved I, up the I, money, I saved my money up and got him. I got him home, but I actually even dreamed about those until I got them. Mm-hmm. That's you know things that that it, it's just that personality. It touches you. It it touches yeah. you somehow. Yeah. So what is your most prized possession in the house? Not family photographs or things like that, but what is something that you've carried to each house that you just absolutely love? Well, I think one of the things I love is is my silk tapestry that's got woven in gold thread. Mm-hmm. It's like 16th century, and actually I got it through this uh, appraiser. And it was, and that too, you know, I, um, it's amazing. It's the dragon, dragon, a huge piece, as you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it's probably five feet by five feet. And uh, framed in mirror. And framed, and I, and I framed it uh, again uh, with some mirrors with it. And so, in fact, when I was, I had bought it and I we moved to California, I couldn't take it right then. And so we were at dinner at this restaurant in San Francisco that's Tommy Toys. It was the most gorgeous Asian restaurant I've ever been in. It was, all the walls were done and glassed in, uh, shadow boxed these types of murals. Wow. And so the, one of the owners came over, we had a large table and he was, t- and so he took me on a tour. And as I was, we was walking and looking at these amazing pieces, uh, I told him about this piece I had at home in storage. And he said, well, you must, you must get that to yourself this year because it's the age of the dragon oh, I love and dragons that. are good luck good luck right well you can bet <laughs> that next day i called and had it packed and shipped and delivered in about two weeks I love and that. he said you must you must because it's the year and of the dragon i mean you've had it for 30 years now over 30 years mm-hmm. yeah. yeah about 35 36 years yeah yeah that's amazing yeah so would your advice be as far as accessories go and, and, and collections in your house to have them actually be collected, collected on travels, collected on estate sales? You know, I've got some, you know, they weren't expensive rugs that I bought in an uh, estate sale recently, but they're great for my house and they work really, really well. And what I like about them is that they have age to them. So would your advice be to have collect things don't do everything instantly i tell my clients that a lot absolutely there's the biggest mistake for you can make is doing everything too fast nothing let it evolve right let it come together you know as you know i'm working on um i've redone two bedrooms right and i'm working on that and it's just even i as a designer um can't seem to find the right thing and I'm not going to do anything until I find exactly, exactly what I what want. want. Because, yeah. and far as on travels, when you do travel, you know, find something that you really love. And you know, it, it travel does, again. It doesn't have to be expensive, it, uh, right? And you just make sure you pack it well in your suitcase. <laughs> uh, I have brought back. I, I've even taken uh, living in Russia. I have even taken um, um, canvases off the stretchers and rolled them yes. and put in my suitcase. 
And I've done all kinds of things to have those unique pieces. Have the things that, you know, that, yeah. that, that, are, that say something to me. Right. It has to speak to you, I think. I think what I love the most about your house is that every corner you turn, there's a story. I love that's what I love. Yeah. Because you can't pick up that at TJ Maxx. No. You you know, I can tell you, and I that's one of the things I hope to do in this next few years or so is to record all my stories. Where because, you got it. Yes. And, you know, for yeah. instance I have a piece that we were on a trip on uh, going up the Nile and we passed through this village. We were on the ship, on the boat, and there were the villagers came out to wave it. And there was this young girl who was on the sh- standing in the water up to her knees, and she had this handmade um, uh, center, uh, cement vase. And she was, t- I wanted, I, I knew I wanted it. And so I had Walter throw down some money. They threw it up to me, he called it, and I treasure that. <laughs> on the boat? Yes. <laughs> I treasure I that. that. I love yeah, that. I treasure I that. exactly it, what piece you're talking it about. It probably it didn't cost, I mean, nothing. But that, to me, it's all made, handmade, and I see it. And I have so many wonderful memories about things yeah. like that. And it, you know, it just, it opens up the story. You right. Know? And I think that obviously exploded for you when we moved to Europe. I mean, that just really, and you know, since... Since living in Europe, we found out that we're definitely Europeans. That's where we come mm-hmm. from. We're not Native Americans. No. Yeah. <laughs> we're 100% Europeans. And when we lived in Europe and traveled, and you had, a, and I know you, I know you traveled quite a bit before we moved there. But that really seeing all the mosque and the history of Europe and Turkey and the Middle East and the and Russia. I mean, Russia, uh, it, the history there is incredible. Yeah. That really exploded for you. It explodes you. I mean, yeah, really creativity. Does, you know? And before we had moved, we were on a trip, and I was thinking about my, you was asking about my memories, and I have so many amazing memories, but, of course, the main memory in my life, though, is my, when my children were born. So <laughs> let me say that for all those who's listening. But the memory that I have, when I walked in, well, especially to, when I was born, because yes. I was great. Yeah, the best. When I walked in to the Michelangelo Gallery in Florence, Italy, and there stood David, it took my breath away. Yeah. I have never seen anything that's just so... It was massive, but it was so... It just completely spoke to me in a way that... I just was tears. Mm-hmm. And... The same thing with the other pieces in his gallery that I can I can tell I can close my eyes and tell you exactly there's a piece of marble that was over in a corner and he had carved out these four men coming out of that stone and that has stayed with me all these years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the beauty of art. The, of art. Yeah. And I think that's something <clears throat> I definitely get from you for sure is my love for art. And I feel like every room has to have an original piece of art. Again, it can be that your child did. It doesn't have to be expensive. Exactly. But something that's not just printed. Exactly. And I think that makes all the difference. A lot of people don't get to travel. A lot of people, um, you know, don't have the luxuries that we've had, but, you know, afforded because of my dad working and and you and y'all's life. What would be your advice for people, you know, in small towns like Athens to find treasures like that? I mean, I know you go to all the Madison markets, you go to Monroe, you go, you're always looking for something. You're always on a treasure hunt. I am a hunter. <laughs> you I, are. But the first thing, I'm an adventurous. Yeah. I'm very adventurous. And, you know, all the places that we lived, I never, ever hesitated about getting, you know, I had a Jeep over in Europe and I never, there wasn't a day that I didn't go out just exploring it was not about buying it was just exploring and seeing and you know I'll never forget the time in Warsaw Poland that I found a a uh, textile absolutely almost completely shut down but they were they were manufacturing and 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 doing some uh, fabric and I thought I had never, I was just absolutely overwhelmed uh, with seeing that this, well, these mill. people, well, they had, they have had nothing. Right. We were there right after the wall came down right. and they're still producing. 
And the other thing, and and I, without my adventurous spirit, uh, finding a silk factory in Poland. You know, right. Poland is very famous for linens and flax and those type of things. But to find a silk factory, uh, and that's where I had some produced, and yeah. you know, for. For myself. So you really produced, and also in Turkey, yes. you produced your own line of furniture. I did. And I that did. is amazing. I did. I, mean, I, I, wish, we, I wish we could have I, sold it. I should have. I should have. Exported it. Exported it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's about, you know, I, I'm never bored. Right. But there's I'm, still, what I'm trying to get to is there's still adventures locally. If you can't afford to travel, you can still make your adventures exactly. locally and go to estate sales and antique sales yes. and vintage stores. I exactly. love going to vintage stores and looking for something different. Like right now on my coffee table, I have a, just a swan planter I found. And that's something like you have. You have these little frogs in the, in the pond that you've always carried with you. They're just very small. You have a lot of these little treasures and it doesn't have to be always people that most people can't most people don't get the experiences that we've had i think it's been very absolutely unique, you know you're absolutely so blessed and you know and it's been um you know memories that you know I that mean, we, i mean walter worked really hard for it too with coca-cola and pepsi-cola and we worked you know you worked very hard alongside him and it wasn't just given no it was no. worked for mm-hmm. but it was amazing experiences completely amazing so let's talk about you for a minute um you are so brave. You are the bravest woman, maybe besides your granddaughter Grace, I've ever met. I don't know where you get. I'm not as brave as you. I don't know where you, where does this come from? Where does this, because you're not egotistical. You're not overly confident. I know you have some insecurities just like everybody does, you know? And in fact, what you and I talk a lot about when you are brave, people don't think about to ask how you are because you're always lifting people up and you're always doing your thing and you always seem so strong. I mean, where, where does all your braveness and just being a, a designer and marching around in Dothan and doing your own thing and going out to business, starting your own business with, you know, being a single mom and where's all that braveness come from? Because you didn't really have family support. No, I didn't. And I guess, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, I think I, it was it, the, that depth was born into me. Yeah. I think that <clears throat> I, I, I want to be. Um, I'm strong because I want to be. Um, I'm so independent, and when you when you are independent, you have to be strong to hold up to, to your independence. Yeah, and you and being brave. I mean, so you don't think it was a choice? I mean, it was no choice. It was there. It's who you are. It's who I am. I mean, some of the stories you tell me are unbelievable. Like number one, I mean, you know, after you had your first child, you're down on the floor the next day doing crunches because you wanted to always keep yourself in shape. Like who does that? I had my first child, and I was like, "Can you pass the Big Macs?" <laughs> I've gained sixty pounds. I don't care. I mean, you've always just been so, such a, a force, but a, a positive force of life. When you walk into a room, the room stops. I mean, you are just this force. And I, I do know that can be challenging, has its own challenges, probably. Um, but where, I just don't know where all this comes from. Well, as I told you, <clears throat> the whole thing about, you know, once you lose yourself, it's so hard to get yourself back. Hallelujah. It is so hard to get yourself back. So what you have to do is work on keeping yourself. Right. And keeping your mind. I mean, this is the whole thing that I think happens to so many women, um, whether what age, it doesn't matter what age, is that they are, they let situations and things overwhelm them. Drag them they down. Come, they come, to come before them. Right. They they maybe they don't have the 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 confidence inside to weather it, but there is nothing like a prayer that will pull you up and keep you going. And my life is lived on prayers, prayers with the you you children growing up, prayers of of um, 
everything in life. I mean, that pulls you up and you will feel so much better. When you're sinking. When you're sinking. Yeah. And that's... You do a lot of yoga. You do meditation. Mm -hmm. You've always been very alternative medicine as well. You do been very spiritual. Very, very spiritual. I mean, I definitely know you love God and you're very connected to Jesus and, and you're very religious, but you're also very spiritual. Very spiritual. Yeah. And um, it's... I was born this way. You know, I was so born unlike with your family. It. Huh? So unlike your family. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I look at my life and I think I'm doing all these great things and I'm running this business and everything, but I also have a huge support system. Oh, I have you I, have me. I know, that's my support system. But I mean I have friends and I have family and I have you know, I can call on people to help and I've I've had to I've had to learn it's been a big thing for me. I've had to learn to call on people and say, hey, I need help right now. I can't do today without some help. You didn't have that. No. And you know, you that when you don't have it, then you... Figure it out. You figure it out. Yeah. Um, you know, so it But you've was, never <clears throat> been depressed. You know, you've been through a divorce. You've been through all sorts of things, trials and tribulations in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had to overcome tons of things I mean your mother was difficult loved her to death she's very difficult your father was too sweet <laughs> and you know no at no point in time did I, from what I can tell did anyone ever come and say hey let me take the kids let me sit with you I know grandmother kept us when we were young some and I, I know I know she did but it didn't seem to me like you always are saying let me take the kids let me pick up the girls let me help you out because you know what I'm doing and I don't think you had that no, but, and you know... Did and you have to pay grandmother to help you? I, I did. Yeah. Uh, but also, too, you know, I knew that she loved you deeply, and when I was away, that I knew that she was going to take care, care of, of you. Care of me, yeah. So, but... It's no, a different way. It's, um, it's not easy being a mother. It's not easy being a working mother. Yeah. Because, you know, some women, I mean, you... There's so much rides on a woman's shoulder. And single woman is the hardest in my yeah. mind. The first thing that we know, if you got a family, it's the first thing we think about is our children, Morning how and they're going to be taken care of. And even even though I have an appointment, the kids come first. Right. And that's what goes on with a not. And I don't want to sound this. Not so much for the men. They're going to go ahead and do what they're well, they going won't. to do. You know. So one of the best things that you've ever told me that I I try to think about. I mean, you told me so many amazing things. But one of the things I think about all the time is, I think it was grandmother that said, "Always save something for yourself." I used to think that was the most selfish thing I've ever heard <laughs> when I was growing up, and she was telling me this. And then as I've gotten older, it's the smartest. I thing. mean, it's the smartest thing. You always always save something back of yourself. Don't just give yourself away. Don't give away. everything away. That's right. I'm and a I kind of, I, I have been too, and I've learned that there is you. You can hold back. You can. Yeah. A, a little bit. You don't have to give it all away. Well, and I think you've done a beautiful job of not, not really, um, like one hundred percent. Your family is first. One hundred and fifty percent, but you still take care of yourself, and that's what I think modern women really struggle with right now. Like I struggle with that. My family is first, but what, then there's work, and then there's your marriage, and then there's your house, and then there's this. So how you know how do you balance that without taking something away? You <clears throat> well, know? first of all, nothing's going to work if you're not on on your best. Yeah. If the mother, the woman of the house, is not at her best, everything falls, falls away. Yeah. Everything is a struggle. But if you focus on, I don't mean, I, I've never been me, 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 me. No. But I do believe in making sure that I, my priorities are just to stay healthy. Yeah. To make sure I walk, make sure I do my yoga, make sure I have my meditations, make sure I read my Bible, make sure I have my devotion. That is about me. Yeah, and you get up early, and you have your time. You set across, set aside what is probably an hour in the morning mm-hmm. to do those things. Yeah, exactly. You have I coffee. Do. You sit outside. You I do your meditation. My, and my, it's like your time. My devotion. I have meditation, and and that's you know, and that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not working at the moment, and well, I'm, you're working. A I mean, bit. I am working yeah, a little yeah. bit, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not clocking. I'm not. <laughs> no. I'm not. Uh, what do you call it? Clock, uh, 
and it's punching the clock. Right. So, but I think this is something, a mistake that most all, all women make is that they do not. It takes only an hour or give yourself 30 minutes. Just give yourself some time. Yeah, I, I definitely make that mistake. Okay, I've got a couple more questions for you. Um, what is your life motto? What, what is something that you would say is a big question? What do you, what is your kind of life motto? I think my, my main thing is being positive. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe one, I can do it. Yeah. Um, I. Where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. That's definitely something I've learned for you. I mean, someone t when someone tells me, oh, I can't be done, I'm like, there is more than one way to skin this cat. Exactly. We will there's, make it happen. You can make it happen. Now, uh, yeah. we are known for doing things ass backwards sometimes, <laughs> but, and definitely not the easiest way. Uh, you know, you're asking that question, and you know, you're, um, I, thinking about the, your questions, and one of the memories I have that I, that is a complete example of this, is we were living in that apartment in Vienna. It was a, a Austrian ambassador's apartment that Coca-Cola had leased for us. And I, as always, the housekeeper I am, I'd taken the rugs out for big cleaning. I put the rugs on the, on the rail, and we were on the top floor, I think it was like four, four stories. Yeah. And of you were course, beating them. Yeah, I was cleaning. In the sun. And I had letting them air out, and I had, and these were antiques. I mean, the antiques. And, and we didn't we, own them. No, we were leasing, yeah. Coke was leasing this place. And so a wind came up while I was mopping the kitchen or whatever, and it flipped the rugs, and it fell between two houses. And so. Two it, buildings. Two buildings. Two buildings. Two buildings. Yeah, like in the alley that you mm -hmm. couldn't get to. And so I, of course, immediately called Walter, and he was in Turkey. And I said, well, this is what's happened. He said, I don't care what you do. You call the fire department. You do. You get help over there and get the rugs because they will charge. Mega. Mega. Yeah. You know, money for that. And so I said, okay. So I could see them clumped in between the two buildings. And so... I went and I put 17 cloak coat hangers. I unwired them. I stretched them out. I linked them together. And I stood on that terrace swinging coat hangers. And I would get, I would hook one. And I would get it halfway up. And it would go. It would fall off. I remember. And I was in tears. Yeah. But I said, I'm not giving up on this. Hours. And this so it, hours. it was. It's about three hours doing yeah. this. Then it started raining. Oh, I didn't remember and that. And it started raining. And so I finally hooked it. And every so gently, so gently, we got it up. <laughs> they never went outside again. No. Never. But that was the, the, my whole motto. Yeah. You know, don't give up. No. Keep on trying. Yeah. It works. Yeah. And you've always been a MacGyver. You always can figure out a way to make something work or finagle it or just, you know, yeah. you've always been really good at that. Yeah. You really, also, you've always done all of your own handiwork yeah. in your house. I have. Houses as well. Which well, is really it's also amazing. about investigation. What do you mean? Being investigating. You know, you, you, you just figure it out. Yeah. There's more ways than just one way. And I think that's part of your braveness is like most people are scared to do some of the things that you've done and, you I'm know. I'm just scared of the computer. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, what is 2020 look like for you? That we've got a new decade, it's a new year. Um, you've had a couple of setbacks this year with, you know, uh, ankle surgery and things like that. That's over with. Um, so what does 2020 look like for you? Well, I think 2020, uh, it's so it's gonna be so exciting. I think just saying 2020 is exciting is absolutely exciting, and I I don't know why. Even when the new year came in, I thought, oh my gosh, I know that this is gonna be a good year. Yeah. I just feel it's gonna be a good year, and I I just I'm excited every day. I wake up ready to go mm -hmm. uh, for a new adventure, and uh, you're yeah. finishing your house this I'm, year. Yeah, I'm finishing up things that. Um, that that I had put aside because I had the beach house. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. I think 2020 is going to be one heck of a year. 
And so your, your kind of immediate goals are to finish designing your house, finish decorating, finish the rooms off you've done for the girls, refresh your living room, just kind of get everything pulled together. Freshened up. Freshened up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you've joined the garden club. You're part of the I garden club. I have. They've... And um, that's a big honor. And you're always busy with friends. You're also part of Bible study. And you're still working. I think you still got things going on in your Madison project and things like that. So it's going to be a good year. Yeah, I know it's going to be a good year. And, you know, I'm... I'm I just, I just think the even, like I said, the sound of 2020 is exciting. Yeah. Um, I got it feels email. exciting. It does. I got an email from someone the other day saying, "Welcome to the Roaring Twenties." I love which it. Which I think is great. Yeah, yes, so. I love it. Well, I wish I could talk to you forever because I know you have so many stories to tell. So you're going to have to come back on the podcast and tell some more stories. I have some great stories. You do. You yeah. do. I love them. I they always make me laugh. Um, and I can see you in all the settings and doing it. And, um, but thanks for coming in today. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. I want to give a big thanks to Charlotte White for being on my podcast today. There's nothing like sitting in a room with your mom for an hour and talking to her about her stories. You can hear from the podcast that Charlotte is just amazing. She's brave. I mean, she didn't hesitate when she was working in Alabama and going to sites and dealing with all sorts of things. Um, she really didn't even feel any of the pressures that I thought she would feel or the sexism I thought she would have experienced. Um, I think she just rose above it all. And that's one of her life mottos is to rise above. And I love that. It's been an honor to grow up as Charlotte's daughter. She's taught me so many incredible things. She's been an amazing mother and a grandmother and a friend. And while, you know, like most mothers and daughters, we didn't always get along, especially in my teenage years, we are truly, truly best friends now. And I can call her and tell her anything and she doesn't judge me. And that's one of the things that is so impressive and why I really wanted her on the podcast is that she's such a non-judgmental person. Of course, she has opinions and, you know, ideas, but she really is um, a loving and accepting person. And her design business was incredible. I mean, she sounds very humble on the podcast, but it was a big business. And she was really taking a lot of risk at the time, being a single mother and going out on her own. And all the risk paid off. And she had her business for a long time, 45 years in total. So I've learned a lot from her in so many different areas of my life. So thanks, honey, for being on my podcast. And I hope you all will visit us soon at metalandpedal.com and come see us in the shop to buy something great or come visit us for your next design project. Until next time.